Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. We're still gathering, just virtually. And we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close, even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus. Meow. Welcome to the Catnips Podcast. It is your favorite cat lady, Lexi. Joined tonight with some really dope energy. We have our our regular Degula. Who am I talking to? It's Sid Rain, Butterfly, Data Scientist, Earthquake uh, Predictor Extraordinaire. And tonight we are also joined by a really dope energy. Um, who am I talking to? Hi y'all, this is Hattie Kasama. I've always loved Hattie saying, come on, gas yourself up. This is the moment where you're supposed to like, gosh, I don't even know. This is Hattie, brilliant soul in mind, model, scholar, extraordinaire, immigrant advocate, part-time model, not really. Boy next door on the weekends, you know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, gas yourself up. If anybody gonna do an elevated speech, it needs to be you about you. So make that a daily habit. Um, so look, every single episode of Katniss Podcast has um, a word of the day. Our word for this season is our letter for the season is B. B is bitch or whatever words you need to insert but today as for right now while you are listening to our show b is for black because black is everything black is king let beyonce tell it so let's get into that shit how you feeling sir i am so excited to have hattie so like we both know hattie from all the way back in the sea coast Okay, so for people who have never heard of the C Pope, it is um it's the the low country, it's Savannah, Georgia, where you know Sid and I met at college, but the school that we went to which no longer exists. So it kind of sounds like a figment of our imaginations, but it was actually a really fucking dope university it was supposed to be like a predominantly white school and we just were like yeah no um and we made it ours and a part of that experience my experience was interacting with such dope energies like Sid and like Hattie um of course behind the chair because I actually kind of didn't go to that school I kind of went for like a semester and like a, a week and you were literally always there though gospel choir I did do gospel choir for a couple weeks. That was fun. We did a little bow tie thing. Um, I really just did hair for for 
the fashion teams, yeah, for collaborations model. I, they've in no shade to anyone before or after me, but they've never had um, such a substantial hair artist on their premises. Um, this is a fact. I can co-sign on that. And again, no shade to anyone, but no, baby, yeah. my credit is strong. The streets know who I am, and it's all good. And it's <laughs> all good. <laughs> I feel like we at least had one class, two class. We probably did, but I've like blocked so much of Armstrong out. It's it's bad. Um, I feel like Hattie and I, I had a history class. Yeah, was it with um? I don't even remember her name, but yes, I think we had a history class. It might have been like an African American history class, something like it that. It wasn't. It was like an American histories class. It was something that I didn't pass. Let me tell you that. And the teacher was a him. So what I know about this class, this was when the Watch the Throne album came out. (laughs) That's what I remember about the class. I think I remember the class. And it might have been, was it sociology with that man? I didn't. We don't have to go into that. I don't. I don't know. I'm not like a... You and I have the winter, the the, the white feminist class, yes. right? I feel like we took at least a gender. Dude, were, yeah. you in class, were you in my econ gender class, which was terrible? I don't know, but I was in a lot of those gender classes. Um, if you had it with like Jane Rago or yeah. Oh, yeah. somebody like that, I, I was probably in the class. Oh, I have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Sid, I remember when I first met you though, it was when, I don't know whether I came for orientation or what, but the hotel we were staying at, I think you might've been working there. And you were like the first like person I met who went to Armstrong and you were so bubbly and so nice. And I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be okay. They have black people here. Little did I know you were like one of 10, but. Right. You know, we just had to go to Savannah State. That's all. We just exactly. You know, we just go there for the weekend, wash clothes, free parking. Cause we so <laughs> you said wash clothes. I can't. Oh, I washed clothes at Savannah State. It was free for Armstrong students. Why didn't you wash clothes at Armstrong? Because I lived in um, I lived in the dorms where they did not have the new the new oh. whatever I had quarters and I couldn't like and it was by y'all's number so I couldn't even use like oh got it I know right that's so ghetto yeah <laughs> like, you gotta do what you gotta do I get it oh Armstrong anywho doesn't exist Georgia Southern yeah um, I don't acknowledge that like I still fill out applications. It's like Armstrong Atlantic State University, and and then trying to get your trying to get your um records. I'd be like, okay, who do I call now? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Because I, I, I one time I did call Georgia Southern. I'm like, well, ma'am, uh, well, shoot, <laughs> well, shoot. But how have you been dealing with life since the Rona in DC? I've been good. Um, Just, you know, giving myself a lot of grace. I think I was not one of the people who adapted very quickly to things. 
So every week I'm still like, oh my God, we've been inside for about six months. Like when it first started, I still left most of my stuff in my office thinking I'd be back to work like after, a week, you know, maybe two, three weeks max. And here we are, but can't complain. Safe and healthy, thankful. How have y'all been dealing with it? You're in Cali where it's a dumpster fire. Right. And literal fires. Right. (laughs) And it was so weird because sometimes, like, I never know if I'm feeling an earthquake because, like, sometimes I'll lay down in my bed. I'm like, oh, it's just my neighbors having sex. This is just very, because sometimes, like, they start off very slow. I'm like, oh, okay. But then Friday, I was getting ready to go to bed early because I was so tired. It was like 11. 45 and I was like okay let me turn in and I just felt like it just rumbled and then like everything like, really started shaking so are you not like terrified or is um, it are you just that desensitized to it I'm, I'm okay like so when I first got here and I was living with my cousin Lexi Lexi and Sam drove me out I went to this natural history museum museum and we had to there was like all these different you know exhibits but there was an earthquake exhibit, so it was like all right like lay, like lay down here and you're gonna feel like what it feels like. So then that's what that shit is accurate as fuck, girl. <laughs> that's what they all feel like. I just like, okay. But then this Friday it was like So it was a little scared me a little bit more. A little bit bad. I was an anxious pussy because I was like, like is there more? Is it done? Like But yeah. Can't relate, but kudos to you for handling it like a champ. But you know what, Lexi has been like really reminding me to take care of myself because I like at first I was just indoors. I was indoors straight for two months. Um, and Lexi was like, why don't you come home? And I was like, mm. and she's like, why don't you? <laughs> so then I came home <laughs> and it was fine. I came home um, for like two months and then she was like, you need to go on a walk. You haven't been outside since Sunday. I was like, yeah. Okay, all right, fine. I'll do a thing for Yes, we want to walk, and you know what? They, so I've been really trying to like stay up with that, and that for me has been challenging. It's like it's like okay, productivity, and then you know, but and like also seeing the like this is productive because it's keeping me. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't need to be productive all the time. Like the, nothing about how we're living is normal right now, so we can't expect ourselves to you know, live within our regular capitalist regimen of labor production. Yeah. Okay. It's normal. So, okay. So, in more fairy tale news, what kind of cat would you be? I would be a bangle. Everybody's pulling for bangles right now. What else is? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Bangles are like, I mean, they're luxurious. Like you know, they're bougie. Their I owners are usually wealthy. I could they see you also lot. with like <laughs> Serengeti. Yeah. That's like a really expensive, exclusive minx. I'm saying like really expensive cats. You know, I will, I'll, I'll do that because it, it sounds African, so it's probably more accurate. Be what sure. your heart wants to be. I just, I love cats. I just like being like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay, so another question is Who would play you in a movie? I think who would play me in a movie if it's like a movie about young me or like me right now. Maybe it'd be, um, is her name Danae or Danae Guerrero? The woman who was in Black Panther, not Lupita, but the, like the one who I know the, the, the general. Yeah. I don't know I who really look alike, but I love her energy. I think she's so fierce. I think like older me like you know once I finally like establish the world domination plan and like I'm running things like <laughs> maybe like a like an Angela Bassett or like a Viola Davis like oh, my. just yeah really powerful hard hitters yeah rabbit hole but did y'all see the Grammy the Emmys last night so nobody actually watched it, which isn't important. But did y'all see how many black women just like racked up? Just really quickly. Issa Rae won something. Um, Zendaya got something. My fucking Regina King. That's what made me think about yeah. it. You give me a Regina King vibe too. Um, Regina King pulled off awards. Um, Uza Adoba got an award last night. Oh, yeah. Tyler Perry got an award last night. Well, my buddy who did Hollywood last night, the black gay guy who did Hollywood last night, um, it was just, that shit was lit. So, okay, back to the show. But I just wanted to make sure that we highlighted that because um, you give me a really strong Regina King vibe. I love Regina King. Regina King is everything. Regina King is everything. She was so good in Watchmen. <sighs> so good. Oh my God. The first five minutes of Watchmen, I was like, yeah, she getting the Emmy for this. Like, I called it the the first, the first 15 minutes because, you know, and, and it's recorded. It's on Catnip's episodes, whatever season happened in real time. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I very accurately called this because she played the fuck out of that role. Um, so if ever you're looking for some extras to fill in your spots for your, for your different stages of life, I think she would be a good, a good stand in as well. <laughs> I agree. It's a no. I'll take it. That's a compliment. Hell yeah. yeah. And Zendaya did win. She was the second black woman to win yes. for um, Lena Rowe. Euphoria. Yeah, Lena Rowe. Euphoria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She won for Euphoria, but she won leading actress. And she's the second person behind Viola Davis to win for that. Carrie wow. Washington should have won an award for Scandal. Because. Scandal was good. Y'all don't think Scandal was good enough for Carrie to win the award? <laughs> I don't. I yeah. I've never liked Scandal. Like I could never get into it. I love Scandal. Scandal didn't push her hard enough. Like she hasn't had like that was her breakout. Like everybody got to know who I am, role. But she hasn't had her blood, sweat, and tears role yet. And that was bad boss bitch 24-7. I kill a motherfucker. And that was it was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I saw every episode twice. This is why I was able to accurately predict Joe Biden choosing Kamala Harris as a VP. It's because of Yeah, I caught that a year ago. I'm pretty sure that, that I caught that over a year ago. Pretty sure that's in one of the episodes too. But Wow. Carrie need to be pushed just a little bit harder. She I don't know. Some gotta have it's not her not yet. Not it's you mean little fires everywhere? 
I heard that was real good. That was good. Was she was boring as fuck. She might get some. She. I, I thought it was good. Year. What year did that came out in 2020? Right? Did that come out in 19? I, my time frame for understanding 2020 yeah like fe- january february 2020 is still technically 2019 for me so i don't i'm i i'm not sure when it came out if it's a 2020 thing that she might get nominated for it but i don't know if she'll win the only reason why i'm saying she'll get nominated is because there weren't very many shows in production this year so they pulling from a shallow pool so well, she was there, so I, get, I think that I think that's been the most recent thing she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that or the Democratic convention, and like, <laughs> right? She's not. Yeah. <laughs> She'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. Okay. <clears throat> when you are getting up and getting ready to walk into the front room to go to work, <laughs> what is your get money song? What's your stripper? Get money. This shit get me crunk. This shit. This how I get my bag. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's WAP. Mm. I know it's like it's so basic and regular because everybody loves it, but it's just like I mean, it's the gift that we needed during this pandemic, and it's so sad that we can't like go out out except in Atlanta to actually meet right and (laughs) and Texas. But yeah, it's wild. Like I can't wait for like academic Twitter to write their like manifestos about it. Can't <laughs> wait for like people's PhD dissertations to be about it. The video was beautiful. Um, the person who designed most of the costumes in the videos is a Gambian designer, and he's dope. And yeah, I love everything about WAP. So okay, back to the rabbit hole. What do y'all think of Cardi B finally getting another voice from Offset? This wet ass pussy ain't want the ring no more. She went cooking or cleaning and she threw the ring back. Then what happened? What do you think? I, okay, so disclaimer, I think divorce is always sad, no matter the circumstance, especially when there's a child involved. But, but I feel like, like this was such a long time coming and I like, I. I thought they were on the road to this and then somehow they back. I think he did that weird, like corny, I'm a, like surprise slash gaslight and pressure you at your own show type thing. Um, he Yeah, he did that. Like she was ready to leave him and he did some weird coordinated, I don't know, thing where he popped up at her show. So I'm, I'm happy for her. Like, I, I don't. I didn't understand the dynamics to begin with. But you know, Cardi, I don't know. Sometimes it's like she likes these type of men. So I, I don't know. You know what? I think um, you are 100% right. Like, it's definitely a long time coming. I think she got tired of fighting bitches. Like, you can't fight every bitch offset have sex with. How, like, you don't have the time. And you, like, you don't have the time. Right. Are you going to make money and be a mother but be fighting the bitches? And got to go to court for fighting said bitches. So... But you know what? She did hint at this because I feel like a couple weeks, months, like like Lexi said, time to on drugs. Like I don't know how long ago, but Cardi was like, "Oh, I'm gonna release my my version of Lemonade." Something like that. I mean, you know, oh. you know. So then, like, then the divorce comes, um, which was so you know. But yeah, good for her. You're right. It is sad, but yeah, can't fight them. Can't fight them all, Cardi. You really can't. It's not worth it either. You can fight him though. Yeah. Yeah. 
What do you think, Lexi? Um, I'm just kind of largely indifferent. I know that stuff, like, I don't know if it's the blunt or if that's how I feel in real life, but it's just like, Offset looks like he got a big dick, right? Does he? You know, I know you have your like ratio and measurement with the face and stuff, but like, does he? Yeah, he do. And (laughs) give the gift of well-being with Spa Finder, the world's best-selling spa gift card, and the perfect gift this holiday season from family members and friends. To those last-minute coworker or client gifts, Spa Finder gift cards are a convenient and thoughtful option you can't go wrong with. The Spa Finder network includes thousands of spas, salons, and fitness studios all over the U.S. with services like massages, blowouts, mani-pedis, even yoga. Or check out the Spa Finder wellness shop to buy skincare, beauty, and wellness apparel from the comfort of home. With Spa Finder, the possibilities are endless. Gift some me time to someone you love and pick one up for yourself along the way. Go to spafinder.com slash podcast 15 to save 15% off gift cards of $100 or more. Or enter the promo code podcast 15 at checkout. You just gotta let niggas be niggas. So it's like, Cardi, like, use this time. Like you said, if you're gonna make a lemonade out of it, make some lemonade out of it. You know, get a tour popping. Because, you know, we ain't even had nothing since, since the, you know, you haven't really, she been on a lot of features, but she hasn't, like, um, we haven't had, like, a full Cardi project in, like, what, two years or whatnot? Like, was it 18 she came out? 2017 or 18 or whatever? But maybe it was 18. Yeah, so it's been like two years since she did a project. So, and you know how I be. Some people, like with music, like you gotta piss them off for them to do like a really good job of music. So it's like, this album is probably gonna be like really fire. You know what I mean? And that's, that's fucked up. But I mean, like, I don't make the rules. So I'm just kind of, you know, I'm waiting to see what, I'm just waiting to see what she put in the airways. Like, you just gotta let niggas be niggas. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying, go get you a man that wanna be with you. If your nigga constantly cheating on you, doing all this other stuff, like, he doesn't wanna be with you. So it's like, it's not, I don't need to make space for, like, any more emotional input than that. Like, right. You, you got a, Cardi got all this, she got a new ass, she got new tech, you know, she got everything she need. You don't, this ain't gotta be a sad situation. It's just like, just get that shit popping. Take this energy and get that, get that bag. You know, drain that nigga in court. You ain't gotta drain this clock. Drain the clock. Ain't she said that in Hustlers? Don't drain the cop. Drain the clock. She needs to listen to herself right now. You know, and get get that get that guap together. You know, he already looking stupid trying to figure out like. And you know what? This is the thing. Women make really good breakup albums. Niggas don't always make really good breakup albums. Like you think about niggas like Usher. <clears throat> They break up albums usually be fucking their career. Jay-Z had to have Jay-Z had to do 444. He had like a for real, like I'm sorry. Like niggas don't do good breakup albums. You know? So I'm 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 upset for Migos because, you know, Quavo on his come up, which means that like his next project gonna be lit, because happy niggas make better music. Right. That's true. So 
the dynamics between Migos is going to shift and that's going to fuck up the next Culture album, which is upsetting to me. So, okay, all right, you got me in my feels. But <laughs> other than that, like... She'll be alright. She needs to have like Dr. Dre's like ex-wife energy. Girl, right? Like, like, oh, real though. Man, she was writing checks from herself to herself for herself. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I like that man. Absolutely brilliant. That's that Tyler Perry count up. You did what the cooking and cleaning, right? get the calculator out she did all that but that was a whole Tyler Perry scene by herself in front of the bank that's what that was she did like down to the 85th cent I was like where did that come from because of course I like zoomed in on the check like what is this giant amount she said point eight. yeah it was like the time the cheating what he's worth the domestic violence Right, but you know what they say, and Migos is falling off anyway. Why? As long or as how? for the young kids or what? I, you know what, young Twitter. I saw a tweet that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I think I, I saw the same tweet. I think I know what you're about well, to I'm say. I'm not on Twitter. When the one was like, um, all it was like all the millennials listen to Migos. Yeah, all the, it's like all the millennials about to be happy with the new Migos or something, and I was like. Oh, Migos is a pop But Migos are a pop. Are Migos? Did something change? This is all new news for me. I don't. I'm not on the Twitter. I didn't see any of this. Am I not supposed to like Migos? I just started liking them. I guess it's like this you're is so stressful. Like I like stir fry. What'd you say, Hattie? <laughs> I said I guess it's like you're old if you like them, but this is also like TikTok Gen Z. Right. Who knows? Fuck them kids. Excuse me. <laughs> having these opinions so yeah anyways anyways i know we keep going down rabbit holes only because we're so happy to see you but also hattie can you tell us what do you do <laughs> right in real life who are you who am i in real life you mean career-wise all that career-wise passion goals. yeah i always ask so because in dc it's such a common question to be like what do you do and it's very much a what is your business card say and let me measure you up to what I do and see if I like you type of thing even at Sunday brunch it's bizarre um but yeah no what do I do and who am I I I think first and foremost I'm a writer and I think that's what I identify most strongly with, even though I've just recently, I think, started being more public about my writing and sharing it and publishing a few pieces here and there. But my nine to five is that I am an advocate for black immigrants. Um, what I went to school for is law. So I'm a lawyer by training, but I think I identify again more with the advocate title just because I don't do so much direct client services but I work in the policy space where I try to convince members of Congress to give a damn about us and see us and you know hear what we have to say and create those spaces to I don't know make our people, particularly black people, not only like live or just survive, but really, really thrive. Yeah. But like using policies. 
so. That's so beautiful. Um, I heard this recently, but like, <laughs> I forgot whatever the quote was, but basically black people, whatever like occupation you take up, you're always an activist for black people. So like if yeah. you're a black doctor, you're gonna be an advocate for your black patients. So like even me in my field, I'm like always advocating for black black children. And so like, yep. so it's, it's, it's what it is. It is, and it's like, it's beautiful, but then it, it also gets heavy because it's like yeah. everything is personal. Right. And it's just, I mean, you can't detach from it. A friend of mine and I were having this same conversation and she works in a different, she's a lawyer as well, but works in a different field and completely opposite of what I do. But she had the same experience. It's like, you're always looking for like the black angle or like the black woman angle um, and perspective to things. Yeah, can't learn it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, which is beautiful too. But it is, it is, it does make things heavy. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm reading back because I'm just reading our, our notes for a while. <laughs> that is definitely. I mean, it's a great song. It really is. Did yeah. you see the young that young Miami said she was also singing? Yes, I just saw that. Good for her. Bags on the way. I think that's all that means. That's <laughs> like all that means it's like, oh, hey, I'm getting ready to have like this dope ass, you know, get back together sex. I'm gonna have to get back together bags and the flowers. That's all Which is fun too. Well, that's Enjoy. fine too. <laughs> Enjoy. Cardi did that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. She right. a lot of nice Birkin yeah. bags off of that. Yeah. yeah. They, all, they all make up their own. <laughs> so Hattie, one one topic that like um Lexi and I have been discussing has been just like colorism. Um and like of course it comes up more and more like different cases and like we just see it throughout the media. But um but I was telling Lexi that in actually one of the Armstrong classes with one of the one of the white professors, I was lucky enough that she made us like take like a privilege test, which made me aware of just all these other privileges that I had, and even even the ones I didn't know. Um, and so being in like, and I don't consider myself light skinned, but to some people I am light skinned. You know, it's so people better. never consider themselves light skinned, and I don't I, get it. Well, so so my sister is really light. So my sister okay. is light, and so I'm like pointing to the wall. So. So like to me, I'm a lot browner than her, you know? So that's why, and then even in my family, I think that's how I think about it. Like in my family, I was very, I was brown, or mostly brown. But, um, so yeah, so we were obviously just curious about like what you have to say about it. And um, yeah, wanting a dark skin woman's experience. I mean, like, I feel like I, I, have seen them, but we wanted to have yeah. that represented on our show. So our viewers, yeah, I appreciate y'all like creating the space and the platform to have this conversation. Um, I don't know. I like so I won't speak for all dark skin people because we have like different oh. experiences. It depends oh. on where. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm yeah, it depends on where in the world you are. Um, just like how we were talking about in Europe. I think that's oddly enough, like one of the places where I feel the most seen. And by seen, I mean, literally, like I think sometimes in the States when you're a darker skinned woman in particular, like you're damn near invisible. Um, 
I have lots of friends who um, have this experience where they'll be out and maybe trying to make like eye contact with like a guy or whatever and it's literally like they do not see you and it's like the literal opposite when you're like in Spain or Portugal which is interesting but I think for my own personal dark skin experience it's like changed a lot I think when I was in Gambia I didn't think of it much so I immigrated to the U.S. when I was about eight and back home like yeah colorism exists like women bleach their skin and you know like people talk about it openly as in like the preference for lighter skin is not a taboo subject but I didn't quite I guess realize the heaviness of that until I moved to Atlanta and I went to school so I also like grew up in like didn't grow up but like when I first moved to Atlanta I lived similar close to where you grew up Sydney like Southside Atlanta I think I went Terra Elementary on Terra oh, yeah. Boulevard yeah so I could still remember like one of the first things I learned because of course you're in a new country I spoke perfect English I think I spoke better English than my teacher but I was still put in Esau because I had an accent and one of the first phrases I southern phrases I learned was burnt toast <laughs> and at the time I didn't know what it meant because he like pronounced it of course in this Atlanta accent like burnt with a T toast so I was like is it an, you know another word or what I didn't realize he was literally talking about bread that is like charred um so kind of had those type of prejudices early on up till maybe middle school and then you get to high school and it's like now you're chocolate and now you're beautiful and then by the time you're in college oh melanin is like in and it's kind of like this exotified glamorized sort of thing whereas like full adulthood you, you know start kind of sitting with those complexities and understanding that you know maybe some of those even compliments aren't necessarily compliments like some of it is you know you're being fetishized some of it is you know they're just like glorifying this melanin when it's like you know all oiled up and looks nice in a photograph but not necessarily who you are on a regular basis so all of that to say it's it's, it's complicated <laughs> no but i appreciate your <clears throat> i appreciate your candor i um I don't know this was a sensitive topic for me and I didn't want to have just the basic conversation about being light-skinned or being dark-skinned I didn't want you yeah. to feel like you needed to advocate for anybody because I wanted you to feel like this was a safe space to decide what your journey is you know what I mean and I think like like Sid was talking about earlier we live within a community and a race where there are so many unseen privileges that come with money or generational wealth or religion or education or all of these different things where we don't know when we're being privileged and when we're not and it's like for some of us like shit being light-skinned was the only privilege that they got at some point you know what i'm saying yeah. i know like for myself living in like a racist ass city like St. Louis where it was very easy to be called wasted white or to be called you know oh you must be mixed with something nah my both of my parents are darker than I am 
but the gradient within my siblings I am the lightest I'm the lightest on the spectrum of all of my siblings and it's about like eight of us and it ranges from as light as I am like to very beautiful chocolate tones like my brother and sisters are beautiful beautiful dark-skinned people and it's like I don't ever because it's such a close heart for me and seeing their experiences growing up where it's like seeing them being picked on or like that would be our even shit in our own household that was our retaliatory statements you know what I mean so it's like you know you can't just um, I wasn't gonna be I wasn't gonna approach this conversation without being transparent but it was like sometimes being light-skinned was the only tactic we had to get through and so I think for each person where because we don't realize that this was like more bait than privilege that we haven't had the opportunity to have an in, an, an authentic and an intelligent conversation from every side of the spectrum from within because like for some people is because it's like there's some like you think about literal african-americans people who have migrated over they some people come over with way more wealth and darker skin so what do we say to them you know what i'm saying where yeah you know what i mean the gradient is so rich and the variables are so <laughs> unequally dispersed that we got to get past this part of our conversations you know what i mean no That's i i, I I 100% get what you mean. And I'm glad like you're bringing that nuance into it. And even that idea that, you know, just the very concept that being light skinned might be the only thing that, you know, someone has. It's like, it's heartbreaking, it's jarring, but it's also like, that's still a form of privilege. And that is what's bizarre, even though it's still oppressive. Like, how is your privilege oppressive? Cause it's like, if that's all you got, but that like that little, it's like, so in your example, for example, if I, if I were to like, you know, make it like a hypothetical where it's not your actual family, but there's a family of children with mm-hmm. the same sort of skin color grade. And there's someone who is like your complexion who says, you know, I maybe I don't have the best economic opportunities or whatever. All I have is literally this light skin. So it's like, what does your darker skin sibling have? And it's For like, real though, that, like it's such and a- And that is like, right? You know, but like, I even look at like, I look at the generation right before us. Cause like, I've, <laughs> I myself am well-rounded, um, but that generation before them, they they identify with that. Like how we ask you to gas yourself up, they identify like, yeah, I'm light-skinned with green eyes. I'm from I'm yep. from Philly. I'm from such and such. Like they use that like it's a like how we throw around our credentials. They use it as a piece of credentialing. Like because it, it, it fucking is. It still is. Let's not play this game because I think Sid highlighted it on um social. It was something in our Twitter and our Insta feed that talked about how we went from having these really darker skinned, brown toned skinned women playing these leading roles to having mad ambiguous looking um leading women who could maybe be black who maybe could be this or maybe and how it's supposed to represent you know how we've we've shifted that narrative that shit still wins you know yeah 
and you know what Hattie just to like your point like colorism is literally everywhere so like so like when I'm talking about colorism like it's literally in, like it's in it's it's in all the states it's in all the states it's in all the continents it's everywhere um like we can look at like the aborigines in australia we can look at indian people we can look at dark-skinned asians you know that it's literally it's literally so like i think even the conversation you're right it's a it's a literally a social currency and and black people you know it's it's been hard for us to, you know, it's mainstream for us to talk about. Even like when Lexi and I were talking about a few weeks ago, I was like, Lexi, it's more common to hear, you know, I got, you know, I got light-skinned bitches on the radio than like hearing, like praising dark skin. Because Lexi's like, well, you know, the music I listen to. And I was like, yeah, but mainstream, it's, it's yeah. all, it's all it, it, it truly is. Um, and so it's, I think it's just being aware and, you know, this is even discussing it is a very new topic um, for as far as like generational wise, you know, like, like our, my grandparents weren't talking about things like this um, mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I'm sure, you know, maybe other people's were, but that rhetoric is old, that rhetoric of like, oh, you know, like, um, like you mentioned, burnt toast that and like yeah. are seeing saying things like you know like, oh that's so dark and like and I think the appropriate way to you know to handle that is to be like well what's you know like what's wrong with that we get it staying home ain't it especially around the holidays but this year staying home means saving lives so we're changing it up by gathering less and planning small our people are counting on us to make the right choice. Think big, plan small. Let's stop the spread, Columbus. We get it. Staying home ain't it. Especially around the holidays. But this year, staying home means saving lives. So we're changing it up by gathering less and planning small. Our people are counting on us to make the right choice. Think big, plan small. Let's stop the spread, Columbus. It's, you know, it's, and really like diving deep because people don't, it's so, it's just such, um, sadly, it's so ingrained that like when people are saying that, that they don't even truly realize. They don't, because I mean, and I, and I look back like even with those interactions, the people who were calling me that, like, were close to my skin color. A lot of the, usually like little boys, but they were just as dark as me, if not darker. Um, but it's like, it doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even click. And then like you zoom out of it and it's like, it's not even like a, you're right. It's not just a black issue or a black people issue in the States, but it's everywhere around the world. And it's like the measuring stick is like, what is your proximity to whiteness? And the closer you are, the better. So like the racial ambiguity with like you said, with like the, the Instagram models or like the models in the music videos or on the actresses and on the TV shows, it's like, yes, we'll check the box for like different and black and swirly. And you have something going on that makes you interesting, but you're like a safe kind of black. You're not an uncomfortable, you know, black. So, yeah. But the fact I'm that even it. like, I'm sorry, what? 
No, I was just saying lots of layers, but go. Um, the fact, yeah, like you were saying, like the fact that it's like, and it's it's uh, the first thought, image, and thought that I have coming to my mind is of the Family Guy, like me, where the guy is pulled over, where the dad is pulled over, and they hold up a card, and it's like literally, it's like the top three are like beige colors, and the other three are like the bottom three are like darker skin colors, and they're like, it went from oh he's a good guy, he's a church guy, he's this, to, oh it's immigrant terrorist, this, you know, and it went to this immediate like switch. But we have operated under the concept of like proximity to whiteness for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. That is just. Mm. Go ahead, sir. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was. Just, I was listening. But yeah, it, it's. So yeah, it's it's deep, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. I just felt like, like, and this is a conversation that I know I've had like plenty of times throughout my life because people like as much everybody is judged for something. You damned if you do, you damned if you don't. So they tell you, oh, you light skin, you must this. Oh, you light skin, you must need extra suntan oil. Oh, you must, I mean, sun lotion oil. You need this, or you know, do you get ashy? Like they, they equate somehow that you're not as black because of your likeness oh you must be mixed with something else oh you must be because depending on my hair i am any race any race yeah. all the, i can be ethiopian i can be hispanic i can be um biracial i could be i literally i've been called everything um simply because of my hairstyle like and my skin color but Within my own community, it's like, oh, she don't know nothing about that. She white. Oh, she talk like this. You know, you talk like you're a white person or you this or you that. And it's where I've had to have this excessive amount of like black knowledge and like say, no, I know this and I know that and I know this and I'm a part of this struggle. I'm a part of this because they're saying, oh, well, you're not black enough. And it's like, okay, well, listen, my dad is black and my mom is black. I didn't get any, like, I don't have any extra cards that I'm operating with other than genetics that skip more than one generation. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I take after my great grandparents. Like, I ain't even get a chance to meet these people and I'm dealing with this shit. Like, so it's, you know, it's like shit that is like literally, I don't think like when we go outside of our race and where people are explaining why black people are trying to understand why black people are so tired is because we are tired of dealing with our race everywhere we are, whether we're inside of our race and we're trying to validate it or be respected for it or appreciate it for it or, you know what I mean? We're always trying to prove and justify that we are an acceptable format no i'm this stereotype no don't get me wrong i'm this stereotype <laughs> no 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 i'm a militant black you know no 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 no. and we're always trying to figure out like which kind of black is going to be the most digestible for the environment that we're in and then it's like yeah but who even gets to police blackness and like we've, you know, been, that's, that's it. we've been doing it but then it's also like Sometimes we don't, and people get to like pretend to be black for like right. several years and like build careers out of it and all of that. That's but, from you know. overly. That's from inviting people to the barbecue too damn fast. That's what I'm saying. <coughs> <Black> <laughs> <men>. <laughs> mm. 
Um, Sydney, you ain't got no allergies. I ain't have no allergy either. Fuck them kids and fuck them black men when they do shit like that too. But but like I mean, but you know, just go back to the point. Like even like because dark skin is literally found on on every region also. So like you could be like like the the black woman who won I think like Miss Miss Japan Miss Japan. She was black and Japanese, and they told her that she wasn't Japanese enough. Her mm-hmm. daddy was black, so you know her mama. You know she was more Japanese than anything. <laughs> you know she was. Black. <laughs> She her mama daughter. So, and I wrote about I wrote about that in like one of my papers. But like, it is crazy. Like, I think like in within our within the races, we do we do police. And mm-hmm. black people should be more gatekeeping. Um, we should be because just like Hattie said, people are able to walk in like Sean King mm-hmm. and Rachel and the other. You know, let's not say their names. Not Sean King. We gotta leave Sean King out of there because I feel like. That's a different issue. That's a different issue. He's genuinely (laughs) black. He's not purporting to not be black. Like, exactly a black man. There's a lot of speculation with him. He's just... And that's exactly what it is. Huh? But you see what I'm saying? When you light skin, you always got to prove that you black. Like, "Mm mm-hmm, this is suspect. He could be passing. Like, this is how we police one another within our own communities. Like, we decide... But that's what I'm saying. It goes back to the privilege, though. Like you, to some, like if you're black, if you're light skin, but like light skin, where we can tell that you're black. Like, yeah, maybe you'll have a hard time and prove it. But if you're so light skin, like the quote unquote people pretending to be black, like it's a pass. It's like you get all the privilege, and you know you get all the accolades, and you get all the book deals, and you know the. Movie deals and, and what, whatever else, and it, like it's it's bizarre. It, it is. That's just the truth of the matter. It's bizarre. It's like it's fucking bizarre. And I think if ever there was a a time to start using that word all willy nilly, it would be in a year like 2020 where we have to just start being honest about shit. It's just fucking bizarre. And, and and you know what? The origin of this shit is white people. Yep. Yeah. Is the every because this is a colonial issue. This is a class issue. This is a wealth issue, and this is a colonial issue. This has nothing to do with the sources and origins of people. This is a mental genocide. This is psychological warfare that was that's in New Jim Crow of the South. Like we want to know where it ain't just start there, but there are books written in each country that highlight these types of dispositions to enforce within the communities as the standard of living. You know, I mean, we can see that in South Africa where we where where they gen, where they had like the genuine ass like apartheid movement where it's like y'all came here. <laughs> like I just felt like everybody should just stand at the coast and be like y'all came here and then just like let the you know let the chopper spray and that would have wrapped it up if it were if it were me. But that's why I don't ask me to like that's why I don't get invited to that. But like it's just we have these dynamics where we're not acknowledging like yes we have these issues within ourselves but it's like when we get quiet and we stop arguing over these frivolous things that we have no control over my dude 
how the fuck you get here how long you been here who are you you know but also it's fucked up because like it does have an impact right like there there are very significant impacts for like you know hiring wage it's very significant impacts for like dark skin versus versus light skin um and like I feel like with colorism, I think an easy like how I think about it is it centers whiteness. It's all the idea of like it just if if you're saying that one like this shade is better than this shade, it's just like you said, it's all just just to get the proximity to white folk. Um, and if that's what you're valuing, I don't want to be a part of it. You know, and um, yeah, I think like I think people, I think like it's important to say that because it's like oh, maybe I, I yeah yeah nigga you are actually. You are. You made a slave joke. You are. You are again centering whiteness. Yeah, but it's it's so. I think that's that's absolutely right. And I think one of the issues around it and why it's so touchy is because it still comes from like a place of like pain. And I feel like how colorism works in like the U.S. is also different from like other parts of the world where it is so directly connected to like you know chattel slavery and all the atrocities that happened with that whether it's you know the Jim Crow South and I mean even things that are happening you know to this day I mean I I, it's like controversial but even if you I'm not saying like light-skinned people don't get killed by the police but if you even look at like the images of who these people see most as a threat to the point where they don't have sight of their humanity and they can kill them. It is usually like a darker skin, black male. Um, So even that, but I think even going back to the gatekeeping, I think that's also very like a uniquely American or Western black people thing because I mean, I, I won't speak for the entire continent, but like in Gambia, like, a woman like Mariah Carey is a white woman. Like, you know, a woman like, um, what is her name, Rashida Jones? Mm-hmm. That's a white woman. And I mean, I, like, I, I get that, yes, they, they are they are black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, I, I, I understand it, like, from this perspective and, like, growing up here and that, like, you know, race takes on very different shades and forms. But even just that concept of, like, the one drop rule and, like, where that leads us. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, I think it's all very sensitive, but we definitely do need to have those conversations. Like, I think... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think here, in reference to, like, gatekeeping, like... And especially, especially with black men, especially with black men like Terry Crews, to be specific. Oh God. There are are melanated men who are American and there are men in America who are black. Because we don't have an established culture outside of slavery. Because honestly, we don't have an established, we, we ain't know y'all. Y'all ain't know us. We got on the boat. You know, and it was like, hey, we got to survive together. And that I loosely translated. Man, this is not drunk history. But my point is, is that this is this is our origin of, of connectivity. This is our first, this is our common thread. So everybody didn't want to identify with, with 
that part of history. Some people, I did, listen, some people took their 3% a European, you know, genetics and wrote that shit till the wheels came off. It was like, nah, I was one of the patriots. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, <laughs> no, your grandfather wasn't. You know, but you can't tell them that. And that's just a conversation that they're not ready to have. And they're more hell-bent on being an American than they are on having a, a than being a part of a black culture. And that's when you gotta be like, you ain't in a gate because you can't be a gatekeeper. Right. And that's a good, that's a good point. I actually want Hattie's opinion because I, I know we're getting, we, you know, we get close to our, like our time. But I do want to know just like Hattie's, like your opinion as far as like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to even describe it because just like exactly what Lexi said, like how, like, yeah, gatekeeping, but if you're, if, you know, soul is truly trying to assimilate to this main culture. And I feel like, a lot of I don't want to say a lot of black men but yeah like a lot of like usually when I see like black men in like the you know the workforce they are they're trying to assimilate yeah I mean a hundred percent I mean but we you know I think men in general are the weakest link okay um <laughs> but yeah I think there's there's that but there's also I think historically with black men and this is like not like defending any of like some of the nonsense that they pull but i think there is so much benefit historically for them to assimilate and i mean i think that happens even not only in the united states even in like i i've written about you know this concept of like why africa has so many dictators it's like this idea of like the formally colonized wanting to be the colonial master I think it's like it plays out in the same way in the states where it's like all right you know i've been quote unquote emasculated whatever that means you know i've been you know uh i don't know disrespect i've been <laughs> yeah x y and z ways and if i feel like the only way for by this person and this is my idea and concept of what is powerful and what is legitimate and who has control to some extent i think it makes sense that i'm like i'm just gonna try to emulate that i think what sucks with black men is oftentimes they do it to the detriment of black women and you know that's the part that really irks me but like you see it all the time even in the workspace it's always that annoying black guy who's trying to like be chummy with the white boys who kind of sort of wants to be one of the white boys and it's like it's again bizarre to see but like it it happens i had a i had a conversation with um with the hotep about this and is always my favorite i love him um no but like the conversation was like he was like obama could have did this obama could have did that obama ain't did this obama ain't did that blah 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 nigga 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 woo, 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 woo. so but my point is like we've never had a black man in american leadership at that high of a position ever Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of shovel digging and brick laying and path making needed in order to create more opportunities for the changes we're looking to see happen to happen. And that was going to require, that's going to require Carlton's of America to step up and, you know, be chummy with Dan because somebody needs to infiltrate. You know what I'm saying? That's going to require, <laughs> like Kanye West said, you know, 
and I want all you know all of the way what he say he say I need every all my niggas to impregnate bitches so when they have a kid they gonna make another nigga like that's how we gonna keep infiltrating we don't have war money we don't have militaries we don't have we don't have black men don't have the things that make that are considered powerful to your point Hattie what they have been able to weaponize and militarize is their language their physical bodies and most importantly their dick and it's like that that's how they've been able to to <laughs> to fuck up the system you know what i mean so with if not even mean, fucking up anything right exactly if you do that's the gag it's like yes. y'all i'm not listen i'm not trying to make sense out of nonsense i'm just like this is just what i'm telling y'all the, the deck they got like if y'all think they got a better deck tell me because what they what's gonna have to happen in order oh, and my thing is this they are you're, you're a double we're not stop my thing is this with you being a double minority this hasn't stopped us from doing anything this isn't about how great black women are that is already well established and accepted across the fucking world okay can we okay let's go ahead and give you your accolades so you can chill because this wasn't about you but like i said black men don't have the things that they need to be able to have any type of power so it's going to take those types of assimilated black men to make white people feel comfortable to create spaces because they ain't out here making businesses the way black women making businesses i'm not saying saying it's girl go talk to them i can't i'm frustrating you know it's like it's like choosing to be frustrated this isn't about you no i'm not only about like no but what i'm saying is it's like yes it's frustrating they're more frustrated than you are because you see this stuff from a place of success and they see this stuff within their own struggle and as if they have the awareness and the cognition to even see like yo i don't have power i don't have access to power and i'm gonna have to change myself in order to make space for them to even accept me like damn that's a like if you're frustrated from the outside imagine that being the life the life that you are born into like like imagine you having okay at least i got gender from on my side and that's still not even be nothing you know what i'm saying like damn i got one out of two (laughs) because historically men who are in like women roles they get paid higher and i think um, i guess what i mean by frustrating is like when when yeah you see double minorities you see black women who literally have to fight everybody fight black men too you see them come up you see them work hard and so like and then to be like oh well you know the black men are trying well they're trying to assimilate well sisters didn't have to do all that you know they were just like no. Yes, black women didn't have to assimilate, and we did that shit readily and gracefully, and that's what got us into the positions that we are. Like, I don't know. It's a hard conversation to have because there's no men to accurately describe what their experiences is like. What I'm offering is is like space to say, like, yo, like, I'm not justifying the deck. I'm just laying out what some of the cards might look like in their opinion and that's just that's my perspective and that's just having black brothers like you like we all got black brothers like that have experienced like their form of struggling how to figure out how to play this rigged ass chess game with the type of privilege that they are inherently have so while we speak from having light-skinned woman's privilege while they speak from having 
you know, men's privilege. Everybody has privilege and everybody is held back in some way, shape, or form. But it's like, but other people don't necessarily wield their privilege, I would say, the same way that I think black men wield their privilege, specifically against black women. And like that, you know, we have to call that out. Like, it's, I mean, we could have the oppression Olympics all day and argue over exactly who would win, but it's like, you know, we're not, black women aren't necessarily, and I, you know, let me not go into a rabbit hole before like this gets misquoted as like talking about black on black crime or something like that, because that's not what it is. But black women are not like beating the shit out of black men every single day or murdering them or, you know, committing sexual assault or just be li- belittling them. Um, like, yes, like, I see I see the face, I get you, Lexi, but, like, I don't, not at the astronomical and systematic rate in which black men do it. Like, misogynoir is so real, and I, I just, I don't think black women do, do the same thing. I think, <laughs> we over here usually trying to justify something for them or defend them and protect them. Yeah, we can be shitty and toxic, but not, like, systematically. Ah, y'all, and y'all too educated to be this broad. That's what I'm saying. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. Because you're not saying anything that's incorrect. I'm never going to discredit what you have to say. But it's not balanced because these toxic environments aren't just isolated to male households. They're not isolated to the male gender. These toxic traits, it may not be the same type of. If my thing, is, no, because in my mind, I'm thinking women can be black women can be violent, black women can be toxic, black women can be belittling, but black women can be all these not, not as much as. And that means black. that means that these numbers are being reported. And if we don't even have space for black men to have mental health and mental wellness, where are the accuracy and numbers to describe their experience? To even say that it was all just my dad and my uncles and my male cousins and my male brothers who treated me this way. So I'm not saying that anybody's wrong. I am saying is that this shit is so fucking bizarre is that even if we played the Olympics, the data isn't available for anybody to have an accurate representation of what oppression, what genuine, okay, that is oppression. There's no such thing as, damn, that's oppression. Everybody's experiencing oppression in their own way, shape, or form. And those, I think my thing in colorism and racism and sexism, genderism, ageism, is that it denies the other party of having a similar experience. And it creates this cognition that I'm the only person that's experiencing this. And that's a, it's true because of the experience but it's not the entire experience it's not accounting for every single person every single time every single this so statistically damn right y'all are right but i know in these communities in these poor black communities where prevalent black men are where where the type of black men we hate or that are statistic you know what i mean where the those type of black men are i'm sure the story isn't being completely told from origin to inception and that's just that's how I no, feel I, I agree I think that's a fair point I, I will also say I feel like you, Terry Crews doesn't live in those neighborhoods um, Terry Crews <laughs> is a different is a horse of another Drake culture Drake doesn't live in those neighborhoods Future yes, might have grown up, grown up in one of those 
Drake <laughs> couldn't grow up in that environment because of immigration laws and child support laws where a man's ability to travel was impacted by his ability to pay child support. And there are no other laws that are like that. Hmm. You know, I remember seeing Drake. Uh, oh, no, it was in one of his songs. Drake was saying, like, oh, well, how come I'm not black? <laughs> Y'all remember that? You remember that? Uh-huh. Did he say that? How come everybody else is black excellence, but when it's me, it's not black excellence? Damn, what song was that? It's a, one of his one of his songs that came out in the last, like, hmm. year. I'm gonna go Drake. Drake, you could be black excellence. Like, oh, come on. Goddamn. Put it out of your head. <laughs> I mean, but you think about all the people that's constantly telling, and I know, listen, we can go back and listen to Catnips, and I'm probably the guiltiest one, but as on that, it's like, that motherfucker's Canadian, you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't even count, he Canadian, you know, where we're we're constantly trying to reference how black you are to something else, so it's like, y'all, we, we saw, I ain't gonna say we, I can only speak for myself, I'm so caught up in this thing, I don't know up from down. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it, it just creep. It means that it's like, yo, it's time to like break the mold and step out of it and really get to know people as opposed to being so broad with all of our interactions and our thought processes and our interactions. Because right now, black the black men that did go to school and they ain't never beat a woman, they are like, yo, I'm not a bad black man. They're trying to justify their blackness too because the concept of black is skewed no matter which who's talking about it whether you're Mm -hmm. in outside no matter what part of the church go ahead what you say i said that could just be lame niggas i don't know (laughs) but lame niggas could also be abusive and like toxic and whatever and so and so are the black men who graduate college i remember my mom telling me sydney thugs go to college too I love that. I was like, was this at first? I was like, is this bad? Is this good? You're is selling drugs after class? Yeah. Yeah, that mother thug. So what? Ooh. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's a real, I don't know. I feel like I'm always going to defend black men. Me too. I have to. Of course. Me three. Just not in my detriment. That's all. Like, if I got to die, like, you know, if. if yeah. <laughs> the statistics are literally a third of the, the third killer for black women is domestic violence. I'm not denying any of the stuff that gets reported. I'm just saying we're not even trying to account for the stuff that isn't. And we aren't making space for that to be valid or real or a possibility. But even even that, even that void of like what's not reported, most of that is also due to patriarchy. Like there are all these social norms where it's like you can't be weak, what you look like being a man and, you know, reporting domestic violence or sexual abuse, etc. But yeah, that's that's still patriarchy though. That's the white man. That I mean, don't get me wrong. Whenever we get through arguing with ourselves, we're gonna look over and be like, where the fuck did you come from? Like (laughs) like I said, how did you get here? What the fuck are you doing here? How long have you been here? Like when we get through arguing amongst ourselves. Like my homeboy Raggle Fraggle put me on game, said you was sitting there, he's like, we just fight. 
amendment rights for all people. That's going to include all the black people, all the men, all the women, all the races, all the transgender, all the gay people. Because we want to treat everybody like they are a valid, precious, mattering ass human. And that's like what we really got to evolve to. And that's why bizarre shit like 2020 happens. To make people sit still and have that conversation. Hattie, we handpicked you. I did not want to have this conversation with somebody that I did not respect and who I did not feel like could have a genuine, well-rounded, earthly experience about colorism in a thoughtful and like positive and impactful way. So I want to personally say, like, thank you for like making space for this. Like, I know you busy you got a job job she don't have like no little oh, i'ma do her and smoke weed on wednesday type job no you got a job job and it's like i appreciate you taking out time to um to talk with us to talk shit with us to to hate niggas with us um <laughs> wait hattie what is your sign i'm a taurus <sighs> no i'm like i don't know bad it's it's whatever you want it to me. It means nothing. I feel like we're not like we're not, we're not one of the signs that's like universally hated or anything like that. I, I you know I re- I don't see anything crazy about it. we're just stubborn. Yeah, maybe we're yeah. I think we're just stubborn but like loyal and stable. No, listen. I was just I was just checking to see if you were a Scorpio. That's all. I was just doing a Scorpio check. Um, that's all. I was just checking to see if she. I'm, I'm a Scorpio. We all know. Check out. Okay, you You're not Scorpio like the Scorpios I know. Check out episode one, Uno Kato of the Catnips podcast, and you'll see her in like true like. Okay. Yeah. This is. It was only because they were just like, "Well, you're a water sign." I was like, "What's that?" I be chilling. I be chilling. I be observing. Okay. So right, very interesting. Hmm. I should. But is this the correct hand? Is this the hand for the emoji? You should not put your hand on your face. We're in the coronavirus. I'm at home. I'm at home. <laughs> but thank you, Lexi. Yeah. That was so sweet of you to say. And I'm equally as grateful for the opportunity to come and talk shit with y'all. I'm a fan of the podcast. Y'all used to be part of my self-care routine. Like when I don't do y'all still have new episodes on Tuesdays? was that like the first or second season there was at some point they would they would drop on tuesdays and i literally would schedule it like all right i'm gonna have time and like not worry about the world but i'm proud of both of you and for the space that y'all have created it's beautiful thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you like it was you know what it's that armstrong energy like just being able to have real intelligent down ass conversations with people and like just be our authentic selves while we did so like that was just that's that 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 seaport energy or with whatever it is i can't i can't quite do the influx <laughs> i can't do the influx either and have you um you're like a lot of women who i have who i've met you're just so you're so brilliant so we definitely wanted to have you come on and just you know share your brilliance 
with the world. Like how we know you are. Go ahead. Where can we? Um, where can we? Where can people read your work? Where you, the writer, Hattie, the writer? Where do we read Hattie's work at? You can go on my Instagram, which is Hattie H A D D Y Jatu, like J A and the number two. And the link in my bio will link to my medium where some of my work is. And occasionally, like when I publish on other platforms, I'll like change the link to that. Okay. Do you have um, any new writing projects coming out? Was yeah, I have. I I am. Um, it's it's still in the works. Well, one is completed and it's in the editing phase, and that one is an essay, kind of about like not centering men in feminist discourse. So like just literally focusing on women to women interactions and women power and how we can do that to dismantle the patriarchy without involving men um so hoping for that to be published in probably a couple of weeks and then the other one is still in the works and when it's finalized i'll make an announcement don't don't keep up the good work you are like listen it's the next rbg rest in peace rbg but this is like this is oh gonna be gosh. this is this will be doing this this will be doing amen I'm 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 claiming that. Listen, it's gonna be in the catnips. They're gonna be like, man, Lexi just calling everything. I mean, you've been on point so far with your predictions. So, <laughs> Hattie, please. <laughs> she predicted the the Kamala thing. I did. Thank you. I, Thank you for honest advocacy. I, I spent a lot of time being gaslit. So. <laughs> Listen, I knew that was gonna happen. Like it's the only it's the it was the only option that made sense. Like and for none of this to make sense, that was like, all right, cool. That was the only thing that makes sense to me from my perspective. And yes, I have predicted a lot of things. I appreciate you reiterating that for me. Um, because it's the <laughs> truth. And I mean, in addition to you saying it, I said it and it's already on the show. It's already been recorded, so it's not like it's not like the rest of the world doesn't know these things. So that's really dope. Um, if you would, if you too would like to know more about the future, go back and listen to Catnip Seasons 1 through 4. Um, available on fucking everything we are on. Let me pull this list up. It's, it is a real list and it's hard it's to on, everything. I got, I got you. I got you. It's on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM, Anchor FM, Radio Republic, Pocket Cast, Breaker, something called SGP Radio. Thank you for always shouting us out. Y'all been riding with us since the first episode, and you've definitely been publishing our shit. So thank you very much um, to you guys, too. And as always on catnipspodcast.com. So don't say nobody, don't say anybody didn't warn you. That's all I'm gonna say. And check out our Insta stories. Sid controls our Insta stories, the Twitter feeds from IG on catnips, C A the catnips, C A T N I P Z as in zroop. Stay tuned because we have another. Um, we always got dope shit cooking. It's always another something. Exactly, Hattie. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I feel like I used to follow you, but girl, I got kicked off and I had to miss a new account. So it's just, I feel like, 
I think I still follow you, either you or the. Does Catnips have it on, its own Twitter? Because I think I follow that. Nah. Oh, okay, that's the, me then. It is yeah. The, okay. Yeah. It's at Madam underscore President, but they're, the last E on President is a number three because I created it when we were at Armstrong and yeah. uh, doing weird and stuff I, like I, that. Yes. <laughs> Yay. I'm going to say, I feel like I've like liked or reposted some of your stuff. Like we usually agree on our like man hating stuff. I'm, like, I, I, exactly, but I feel yeah. like I haven't seen it, so. I got you. How about how about you stay current on your Manhattan and I'll retweet it? Okay, I got you. I got Thank you. you. <laughs> look, look at Lexi, just a man Lexi. defender, just sitting there judging. I'm just, I'm just grateful that humanity is here because, like, listen, as y'all would not be here if y'all didn't have daddy. You know, you know. You know what? That's I'm sorry. And yeah, I, love you know, I mean, okay. that's. Listen, y'all do what y'all want to with y'all spirits and y'all energies. I'm not on that shit. And y'all not about to catch me up on that frequency, on that man hating ass frequency and all that shit. Uh-uh, honey. I'm trying to keep my karma clean this year. I'm still I'm still attracting positive, tricking, po- loving ass <laughs> niggas into my life while distancing fuck Yeah, and I have a boyfriend and I've been in a relationship for five years so it's like I I mean I don't like hate them generally but I think there's room for criticism always I respect that listen I think everybody has room for criticism I think we all have opportunities for growth and that's just how I feel about it let them niggas be let niggas be niggas someday you know damn Damn. The bar. <laughs> right. <Jesus. laughs> the bar is so low. Man. Oh, goodness. Well, I'll let you guys hate niggas in peace. Check this episode out. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you hate niggas too. Do you? You're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will catch y'all on the next episode of the Catnips Podcast. Love y'all. Love you, Mom. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.